Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> White Sox fans, 50 Southside Sox, Mothership Podcast, number 50. And for once, it seems like we're always doing emergency podcasts when bad things happen, like a White Sox player breaks or whatever, you know. Uh, hey, we are doing a podcast now after a Minnesota Twin Series where basically the White Sox put them six feet under. Not that they had any, they should have had any uppity attitude about, I don't know, leaving town eight and a half back or whatever they thought they were going to do. The White Sox have dominated Minnesota this year. They dominated them well enough in this just three-game series. Minnesota's lucky. It turned out only to be three games, thanks for, to the opener rainout. Uh, well, we'll get to the details about how, how fortunate the White Sox are right now in first place and how well they did in dominating the Twins this week. But let me introduce, we've got a four-pack here. We've even got some central time zone representation. I'm Brett Valentini. We have Tyrone Palmer who is joining us now for like a quick back-to-back podcast. Welcome, Tyrone, who I believe was at the ball game today. Uh, you I, I was, the broom. yep. All right, well, thank you for the broom duty. Uh, Jeremy Carl, uh, on the very, very, very western edge of the central time zone, thank you for, again, finally hopping back on and, and joining for a podcast. Jeremy, thank you for being here with us. And Tommy Barbie, uh, doing his thing, eastern time zone representing. I try. Thank you for hopping on. All right, let's get to these White Sox here. 14 and a half games in front of the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Four and a half or something up in first place. Uh, Magic number for the White Sox, 80. Uh, Run differential up to 95, which is second in the American League behind uh, Houston, and Houston has us to thank for that to some degree. Fourth overall in baseball. 
Uh, right now, run differential, uh, run differential wise, White Sox projecting to 101 win season. Just if you take the winning percentage, it's still 97 wins. Definitely outpacing any of the kicks any of us made before the season started. Uh, so the White Sox, even with like half a legit lineup, uh, are doing what they need to do. Uh, tell me what you guys thought about just what you saw and what they did in really taking the Twins to the shed. Going into it, sort of shaky, splitting in Pittsburgh doing very poorly against Seattle, starting the homestand, and then really doing what they need to do against Minnesota. I'm just yeah, happy. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I'm just happy they're hitting home runs. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it had been a long stretch of just no power, except for occasionally Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. So it was nice to see them score runs consistently. Also, I remember like last episode mentioning that I I have just like an irrational fear of the twins. Like even going into the series of just I know mathematically they're pretty much out of it, but I'm like I you never know though. But I feel I feel like now now I'm I'm less afraid. I don't. <laughs> and, and and what was nice about this is the twins were talking big. You know I don't know about the players. Obviously they had the whole drama with the players, but. A lot of fans still talking being like, I don't know, they'd won like seven to 10 coming into it. So suddenly this is going to like turn around their season. It's like, okay, guys, I like your optimism because your season's just about over. But uh, White Sox shut that down uh, real quick. Uh, Jeremy, Tommy, I assume uh, saying this is just incredibly encouraging to see for a team that had been uh, treading water for maybe uh, five, six games before this. Yeah, I think definitely just the offense, the, the home runs. And then also how they kind of fell behind in the first two games, were able to come back. Um, I know when they went down like 2-0 in the first game of the series, I wasn't too confident they would get the offense rolling enough to even score three runs. But to see them kind of fall fall down and, you know, be able to pick themselves up, which they haven't really been able to do recently, that was really nice to see along with, you know, the home runs that we kind of mentioned and just the, the offense in general finally, you know. I guess, I guess it, a get-right series, it's great to happen against the Twins. It's a great team to have it happen against. Absolutely. And thank you, Josh Donaldson, because I, I seriously <laughs> think his antics kind of <laughs> gratcheted the, the stocks up to that extra gear that they needed. Cause, and, and I think Grandal even said as much after the yeah. game, but it, it was, uh, they had that swagger in, in those last couple of games that was missing from, from the last, a few series quite honestly and and it seemed like they were kind of getting into a lull so i i think you know if that's what it takes to wake them up take it and and run with it but that seemed like they hit a switch guys how lost you got to be as a player maybe as a human being to double and triple down on well you're already your your goofy statements and sort of lashing out with whatever he said crossing the play river to the point where you're making up some weird story about like confronting lucas giolito in the players parking lot and like there's like it's the the jets and the sharks what is going on here this guy i gotta say decent ball player but really comes across as a clown even twins fans are sort of like yeah he's not really one of us he's a piece of work man (laughs) Uh, i mean it's cute i love it i love the fact that he's like saying that he was like waiting for in the players parking lot you know like they all get on a bus and they go to old country buffet together (laughs) well not only that i mean can you imagine if if the story 
held any water whatsoever. Just like, you know, you're Lucas Giolito, you're in the mindset of, you know, the game. And here's this other random player coming up to you, trying to talk to you. Like, what what good would that, like, what are you going to say? <laughs> like they're old pals. Like, he went to Westlake, right. too. Like, oh, yeah, hey, man, it's been a while. What was going on out there on the field, man? Uh, one thing, uh, speaking to the, 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 the power outage uh, that Tyrone had referred to, and I thought it was a, a fun thing that, that Lee Allen had put in his uh, pregame game thread today, which was, you know, is as if the White Sox had realized that the month was almost up and they needed to get their homers. You know, they need to cash them in on the 30th of June as possible. It's nice to see that there's still a little bit of power here. Now that we move into July and with the weather warming up, even with this sort of makeshift lineup, I mean, it's, it's encouraging to know that even guys like Zach Collins, who isn't going to put up like great offensive numbers can still take the ball out of the park. And now it's like the White Sox, nobody's afraid to do it now. The sort of the floodgate is opened, even without some of their big boppers, and uh, they can get some balls over the fence. This is the time to really start doing it. And I guess, I guess we're seeing that. Yeah, definitely. I think someone even like Brian Goodwin, if he can keep doing what he's been doing, hit some home runs, just hit, hit well enough. Um, obviously, you want a Lloyd back, you want a Luis Robert back, but until then, if if he could just provide like stable production, something that they really haven't gotten in the outfield, you know, be better than Adam Eden, then that's just a huge boost for a lineup that's, you know, like half triple A players right now. Yeah. I'm gonna and it's been nice to see like the bottom of the lineup do like producing a lot this series where you had like I mean Vaughn started to look somewhat comfortable against righties, which was nice to see. You had Collins hitting right handed pitching. So that's been big. Goodwin's been doing well. Like so just having any offensive production against righties, I feel like, is what this team has just been missing all year. And then you have Gavin Sheets, another guy who from the left-hand side is able to able to produce right away. Like they had a stat today where he was like the f- second player in White Sox history to have extra base hits in his first three games. I mean, not just, a not just produce, but look like an accomplished hitter yeah. every at-bat. Like, I mean, even when he was fouling them off, he was hitting the ball so hard. I, I mean, I even tweeted out, it's like, it looks like he's taking batting practice. Like, he just looked so comfortable right away. Um, it, I haven't seen that level of maturity from a hitter in, in quite a while. It's the lack of tact, Tommy. It's turning I know. all major league pitchers into BP. Ev- everyone. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been nice to see them finally start to score because I remember when the like they first like you know stopped allowing pitchers to use anything and it felt like around the league offense was spiking except for during White Sox yeah. games. And it was, yeah. So it's nice to finally see them actually start to take advantage of that. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna dry my eyes after laughing at the at the expense of Josh Donaldson. Uh, I always say like this is the midpoint and then we end up talking for like an hour afterward. We'll see if that'll happen, but we do definitely have some things, including injury news to talk about. We're going to take a quick break on podcast number 50. We will be right back in just a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And hey, just like that, the minute's up, and we are back with Southside Sox podcast number 50. I'm your host, Brett Valentini, with me uh, from the ballgame. I like, we have, we have sort of have some, some sleeper agents here on the podcast today. Tyrone Palmer at the game, maybe not with a broom, but certainly with a broom in his heart, uh, making sure the twins didn't rise out of the grave, stomping, trampling their grave in the afternoon game today. Uh, welcome, Tyrone. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Jeremy Carl, who I believe for these games, Minnesota games, is forced to have to listen to Minnesota broadcast so he can provide us perhaps a uh, view from the other side in that way. And that's always sort Something. of colorful and entertaining because, yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys like to wag their lips. Uh, cute to hear. And Tommy Barbie, we just like having Tommy around. He's not really a sleep agent as far as I know. That's the thing about sleep agents. You really don't know, you know how know. they function. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye on that guy down there in the corner. Okay, let's talk about some developments, some good, uh, some bad and always having to do with injuries because it's the Chicago White Sox. The guys with the bats, they can't stay healthy. Uh, today, Yohan Moncada, despite having all sorts of armor uh, on his legs and elbows and arms and head and neck, um, slid headfirst into third base and uh, busted up his hand um, nicely. Apparently, it's just bruised. It does seem like at the minimum, he is going to be out uh, for this weekend series in Detroit. Uh, whether or not it necessitates a call-up, there's a lot of buzz now all of a sudden because everybody likes, I guess they like Hollywood films that don't involve a superhero. I'm not sure if Jake Berger is a superhero, but there seems to be a lot of talk about Jake Berger being the call-up. Um, so let's get right to whether or not that's the right call. First of all, do we think anybody is going to be called up to take uh, Yohan's place? I guess we don't really know the extent of the injury. It seems like it might just be a few games, but uh, what's the initial thought about whether or not they're even going to bring somebody up to replace Yohan? I, I think see it. they might, you know, I mean, yeah. it, I, I know LaRusso said, right. Like they're hoping he'll be back after this Detroit series, but I mean, going to all-star break, maybe you give him a little bit of extra rest, see what you got um, with Berger or Beckham. Um, I mean, for the sake of the White Sox lineup that's just started to get rolling, like we talked about, I hope Moncada isn't going on the IL just for the sense of he's, you know, he's one of their best hitters. He's actually a major league hitter who, you know, puts fear in the pitchers, I think, unlike some of the other players they have. But, you know, I mean, I, if it's bad enough, I'd, I don't want him pulling on Jose Abreu because not everyone can just play through, you know, every every injury they get. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's why I'm leaning towards him going to the IL just because he has looked – like he's played well, but he's also looked a little yeah. hurt and, you know, the, the injuries add up and he's not someone like a who could basically be bleeding out on the field and, and still demand to play every day. Um, and this is the perfect time right around the all-star break, give him the rest, let him heal up for the rest of the season. And you get the added benefit of either, a seeing what Jake Berger has, or B 
showcasing him prior to the trade deadline to say, here's what we have. Isn't he shiny and wonderful? And don't you want to trade all of your prime guys for, for this guy right here? I, I think it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that, like, I feel like you need to be careful with Mankata too, just because all year he just hasn't looked quite right. Like, he's been playing well, but, like, like even at the game today when he had his single and it was one of those plays where I was like, maybe he'll try to stretch it to a double, and then I looked down, and he was maybe, like, halfway up the first baseline, and he was kind of, you know, and then he finally did go first to third on the next play, and that's when he got hurt, and he just he's constantly limping, and I'm just always a little concerned about him, and I feel like this is one where just, let him rest for a little bit, you know, don't rush him. And I think, I don't know, I'm very curious to see Jake Berger, assuming he's the one who gets called up just because I don't know how to properly understand AAA numbers at all, both in that park and with the bouncy baseball. Yeah. Uh, it's it's cute, uh, Tommy and Tyrone, that you both have said like, man, he's he sort of looked like, you know, he's like, look, banged up. We should give him a break. Like as if the guy doesn't get out of bed limping i mean he limps to his breakfast cereal in the morning he limps and i'm sure the dance i'm sure disaster personnel he's limping i'm sorry to say that's the only time i've never seen him limp (laughs) is in that music video (laughs) he digs deep (laughs) so i mean that's that's nice that you you acknowledge that and i guess there is some logic to uh to that and here in the second half of the podcast we are going to be welcoming in super joseph rhesus as well but uh, let's get back to the discussion of Tim Beckham versus Jake Berger. Let's assume that they do need to give, because this is sort of an easy stretch and maybe uh, let's not rush. Uh, let's not rush you on back uh, because he's actually a little more hurt than he usually looks. Uh, he's not actually in full roll around on the ground like Alcea Ramirez used to do. So let's give him that break. Maybe we can, uh, we can afford to push that and have him uh, a strong full second half. Uh, then it does seem like the decision is down to you got to have somebody who can play the infield. It really does seem to come down to Jake Berger versus Tim Beckham. And I just said somebody can play the infield, and I'm not sure that's Jake Berger. My vote here, in part, it is something having to do with, I don't know, something somebody said about the showcasing and the same reason why <clears throat> to <laughs> Tommy Barbie Chagrin Mike Rodolfo hasn't been moved up from Birmingham because he's doing fine. Let's just let him be because that's a trade ship. I'm not sure you move Jake Berger up from mashing 320, whatever his crazy slash is at Charlotte playing with the bouncy ball. You move him up so that he can, um, he's not going to do better. He's not going to do better with, uh, no, with the white not. Sox. So I'm not sure you make that move. Plus this, you know, let's face it, even though he's not played in like 800 years, the service clock starts. Uh, this is not a White Sox type move, no matter how much Hollywood is tugging at their hearts. I am voting both logically. And I think uh, what the White Sox will do, that it might be something like a Tim Beckham. They've already maybe made the move, but I'm curious to know who it should be, Berger or Beckham. You can abstain. You, you do have to vote. There's you no. There's no choice here. You have to vote. I would go with Beckham as well. Um, that, like like the uh, reasons you kind of mentioned, and also just kind of bringing Berger up. If you're going to have him playing the infield, like second base or something, it, it's a lot to learn to to learn a new position and and then to learn how to hit major league pitching. And not everyone can do it as seemingly flawlessly as Andrew Vaughn in left field. 
yeah. who just seems to be a natural left fielder. Yeah, but. Jeremy, I was going to say, the White Sox don't seem to care. In fact, I think they're starting now yeah. to want to mismatch positions. Maybe it's going to be Sebi Zavala coming up to play third base because they don't seem to care, especially when Andrew Vaughn is playing third base. <laughs> this is the new Tony LaRusa thing. I just see. like he invented closers, we got positionless baseball. Yeah. Give me all the first basemen and DHs, and I'll just put them in a position. He wants to go into the Hall of Fame a second time. Exactly. For his new innovation. This is it. <laughs> right. This is the new LaRusa for the 2020s. Uh, all right. That's two votes, Beckham. Uh, you can vote with your heart. You can vote with your head. You can vote with both. Uh, who else? Uh, what are the other votes? See, I, I have to vote for Berger. Mainly just because I I don't buy that whatever he does in a couple weeks would affect how he's viewed in trades. Mainly because I don't think he's viewed that highly anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, gotta, I think Sox fans overrate his value a lot. Yeah. But I, I I don't know. I also I feel like if you're going to call him up, having him face, what is it, Detroit and then Minnesota pitching isn't yeah. that different from what he's seeing already. <laughs> so I'm kind of – I. I don't know. Bring him up, let him play third base for a couple weeks. I agree completely. Like that that's why I don't see it as being that much of a risk because this is probably the easiest part of the schedule the Sox will have and if you if anything it only increases his stock because if he starts hitting major league pitching, that's when I think more people will start to pay attention to him as a serious prospect that has some upside in his in his bat. And look at Super Joseph just waltzing in. He swings it to the Eastern time zone favor. He just waltzes in as a tie-breaking vote. Sox math champ, rolls out of bed and decides to join the podcast. And now you get to cast the deciding vote. Uh, okay, you can't punt it, Joe. Uh, who's it going to be, Beckham or Berger? I'm going to go with Beckham. Ber- Berger is certainly the more fun pick of the two. I mean, he's obviously got a great story. Um, the only like major... Like, or I would say like a reason that hasn't been really floated out there yet that I think deserves some attention is that um, Beckham just doesn't like historically in the major leagues, he just, the, the computers don't like his fielding. Um, that's just, um, while he does have a position um, that makes perfect sense for him, he hasn't really been very good at fielding it. Um Burger, I know, like, that has, like, major disaster potential. Like, like obviously, I would definitely have more confidence in Beckham to provide value with his defense over, over Berger, and that's really the main um, tiebreaker for me. But it, it's not as easy of a call as I would have thought initially, um, like, prior to looking into um, Beckham's uh, defensive history. But I would pick him as the more, like, plausible um, – option who has more of a fit with the roster i'll offer two reasons uh pro and a con for either one of these guys uh burger is on the 40 man so there's not going to be any monkeying around with that that's probably something that would favor burger beckham you call him up for this stretch like tommy pointed out it's the weakest stretch so it's sort of no stress um and if you end up with a hole at third base whoever it is uh if it's andrew vaughn uh, you know, things are probably not going to necessarily make a huge difference in the wins or losses. Um, but you can also discard, you know, Beckham. If you try to DFA him and he gets claims, like, okay, whatever, who cares? Um, 
you know, you're not burning uh, uh, an option for, for burger. You know, uh, Beckham's a replaceable guy. Burger's obviously part of, I guess, part of your future, whether it's a chip or whatever. Um, so you can sort of like practice here a little bit. Again, the, the White Sox are in a position where it's not late September where they just got to have wins and squeeze top value of every position. So you can make an argument. You guys have made a good argument really either way for it being like, hey, why shouldn't it be burger? And, you know, I, I'm not like I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, either way, it's interesting uh, to try to muse about it. It does seem like the initial sniffles about it have to do with maybe Jake Berger getting a call. He's not in the lineup. I, I don't believe for Charlotte tonight, which uh, could be uh, quite a tell. Um, but let's talk about another guy uh, before, I guess, before we wrap this up. Let's talk about another guy who's come up and maybe it'll just be easy for, I mean, Tim Beckham's already been in the major leagues. Jake Berger hasn't. Apparently it's really easy to come up play a corner outfield, a corner infield position, you just mash the hell out of the ball because Gavin Sheets had himself about as good an opening series as you could hope for. And as far as I can tell, did not really biff anything defensively. I don't think he was actually making plays, but uh, certainly didn't hurt himself. He did not end up in the fishing net like Aloy would have uh, being called up. So uh, pretty pleasant development given that we all probably went in saying, okay, well, Gavin's thrown in. Uh, right into it, into right field, and acquitted himself pretty well. Yeah, this weekend had to be like the best case scenario for Gavin Sheets at the play. I think Tommy kind of mentioned how he just looked like a professional hitter already. Um, and he came up in a lot of situations where runners were in scoring yeah. position. And, you know, that, that's kind of a place where you kind of worry about guys getting the first major league at bats. And he, he made quality at bats. He, he, I think he, one of them was like the, the hard liner and then, he had like a sacrifice fly uh, today. And I mean, that's just quality outs. There's productive outs that the White Sox lineup hasn't always gotten this year. So, I mean, come up and, you know, hit a three extra base hits, a home run, um, get quality at bats from, from this guy. So if he can just keep doing this, obviously probably not at this level, but uh, just do something similar to this. It's a huge addition for, for the team moving forward. Yeah, I think I what surprised me too is that um, you know, Tony LaRusa has been very interesting handling rookies where he's put them in, you know, pinch hitting situations or in very limited roles until they have grown more comfortable, so on and so forth. And with sheets, it just kind of seemed like he just let them hit the ground running. And, you know, I know it's against the twins, but still to see him play full games and be in positions like you mentioned where those were you know situations and scenarios that impacted the outcome of the game and at no point did it seem like it was the situation was too big for him so nice to hear so nice to hear tommy you say oh it's just against the twins oh that's just that sounded great uh, rolling (laughs) off of your tongue there all right sorry to interrupt Oh, no, I was just going to say, it was nice to see him hit for power, too, because I remember that was the biggest knock on him early on as a prospect was he was a first baseman who just didn't hit extra base hits, so that was nice to see. It was also odd to see him and Andrew Vaughn, who was a prospect who I thought would block him both in the lineup and neither at first base. That was just kind of a weird thing to see, but it was just, he just looked, like, he didn't look out of place at all. He just looked like he had been there for forever. All of his at-bats were quality and just he was hitting the ball hard everywhere. 
you didn't realize, Tyrone, this is the new White Sox, uh, and everybody's going to play out of position. We are going to have full outfields of just, again, Sebi Zavala might be called up to play center. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, why not play those two guys, two guys who have never played before uh, in the outfield? And I think Gavin Sheets has still only played 15 games in right. I mean, he still still played mostly first base, uh, even in Charlotte. So, man – Thank God for the AL Central that you can just do these crazy real-time experiments and be on pace for like 95-plus wins. It's pretty sweet. Um, speaking of on pace for, uh, there are not, I think I always I, – I managed to miscount. Uh, there's too much pressure hosting a podcast and trying to count games on the schedule because I always get the number wrong. I think there are just nine games left, three three-game series. Sounds right to me, but you can correct me. How many of these utterly <laughs> – the strawberry shortcake games to the uh, all-star break, the last easy stretch the White Sox have. Not that it's impossible after uh, the all-star break, but this is the last real cream puff stretch the White Sox have. Twin, Detroit, Twins, Orioles, even on the road. Uh, how many games do we expect, not want, how many do, do we expect the White Sox to win in a nice push to really get some momentum going into the Ulster break, even with half a lineup the way they've got going right now. Do they need to win any of these games, really, is my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's the AL Central in 2021. It, I mean, it is really bad. The answer is always yes, Joe. You know this. Sox Come math comes with a zero. <laughs> I like it. No, I, 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 that's a slight exaggeration. I'll, I'll, I'll give a serious answer and say five wins. Five, five out of nine four. would make me happy. And the White Sox, uh, somehow Sox fans would not burn Sox Park down just winning five games of this easy cream puff schedule. We'll find something to bellyache about. You know that. You're just saying five and, and you're content and the lead is intact and all that. None of us are going to be happy with five. We're all going to be freaking out and Lance Lynn will be dead or Jake Berger will never have made it to, uh, to, to, to on the team plane. Josh Donaldson will be just chasing the White Sox down and then harassing them from the, from the stands. Okay. Super Joseph comes in with a low estimate of five. Uh, okay, I'm guessing that's – I guess in most of you are going to take the under, but lay it on me. Somebody else got a zero? I'd say six wins. Go with six. I mean, I think I go in every series against teams like this, hoping – I mean, expecting you win two out of three, three. hoping for a sweep. Um, I think seven's re- obtainable, sweep one of them, mm-hmm. uh, win two out of three of the next two. I mean, realistically, they could win all nine. I mean, the teams are just bad that they're playing, but it's, it's hard to win. What would it be then, 13 games in a row? That would be quite the stretch then going into the All-Star That's break. True. So I'd say like six. Yeah, I agree. Six or seven. Yeah, I'm going to go seven just because I'm feeling super optimistic after the past series. Like if you would have asked me before this, I thought the team was trash and terrible, and you know, just they were gonna. But now they've, they've swept yeah. the Twins, so why not? You know. Okay, guys. Eleven years ago, I started on the Chicago White Sox beat uh, right after the Stanley Cup parade. And I started on the beat uh, during a stretch of time, which the White Sox I think tied a record for for best thirty game stretch going into an All Star break by going twenty five and five. And I thought, man, championships are easy. I just guided the Blackhawks to the first Stanley Cup win in 49 years. And now I'm going to see the White Sox win another World Series. It turned out it wasn't so easy. But 
I'm going to, I'm going all in. I'm going to say, let's take nine. Let's get crazy. Let, let's charge into this break because yeah, even with half a lineup, these are lousy teams. Um, the twins, I guess are the best of them, even though they're just in fourth place. Uh, so yeah, why not run the table? Let's take eight or nine. Maybe just, I'll say eight because there'll be some weird game and you don't want this kind of pressure of a streak because then the White Sox will be the best in baseball and oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be crushed under the pressure. Uh, I'm going eight or nine. So I'm taking the opposite of Joe. Joe says, who cares? They're, they're playing triple A. American League Central's triple A. Who cares? Uh, and you're not wrong, Joe. You're not wrong, but, uh, this is where we got to get fat because, uh, coming on the second half, it's going to be rough. We got Astros. We got athletics. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just somehow we're not going to continue to play the Tigers, uh, and the Royals and even the Twins the rest of the season. Still got quite a few games with them though. We can never really escape. Fair points about the post All-Star game schedule. I still have memories of the 2019 week right after the All-Star break. That was just a total nightmare. Um, but, uh, this it's an entirely different team this time around, but yeah, um, I definitely, I don't think I'll be forgetting that post all-star break week in 2019 anytime soon. Like they entered the break just two games under 500 and people were thinking, Oh, maybe the Sox will make a surprise push late in that week right after just completely put an end to all hopes like that. So um, yeah, hopefully different, different um, luck this time around. I'll leave it to a lousy host to me to throw uh, like me to throw out an essay question, right. As we're trying to wrap up, but uh, are we pretty content now having gone maybe a turn through the rotation in this like post spin post spider tech era that while things aren't great, the white Sox seem to at least be holding serve with how they're doing sort of versus other rotations and whatever step backs being taken is sort of a step back. Everybody's taken as in other words, the, the white Sox managed to beat up Minnesota more than Minnesota uh, beat up uh, the white Sox in terms of whatever's changed with, with guys like Dylan sees and so on pretty content with, with where we stand in terms of pitching uh, rotation and, and bullpen. Yeah, I think I am. I mean, for the most part, they still look pretty solid. Um, I mean, it could be like DeGrom and give up three runs in the first inning or whatever he did today. And, you know, he tastes terrible now, but you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're okay. I think so. Rotation. I feel good. Bullpen. I still want another arm, yeah. but um mm-hmm. I don't think the Sox are any worse positioned right now than they were before. Yeah, I agree. The The bullpen is still the like really worrying spot, but I, I don't know. The rotation, it's hard because I feel like they've all done reasonably well. I mean, they, you know, I know Cease had like a lot less spin on his pitches yesterday, but also he was fine. Like the results were typical. So I'm not too worried about the rotation compared to other teams yeah it's been surprising um like in the preseason i was thinking like the bullpen was the one piece of the team that could not fail and if there was like an injury you know for maybe in the rotation or on some of the positions on the field especially center field like oh no that it would be like the a horrible thing there's no way that they would have you know the depth to you know recover from that um but um They've been doing okay with like the injuries to the position players and the bullpen has quite a few gaps right now. Um, But I'm still feeling good about the rotation, like knock on wood, but um, yeah, I'm definitely in agreement about the bullpen surprisingly being like the thinnest area on the team. Yeah. Imagine the White Sox 
pulling, and this is, I'm speaking way out of school here, but imagine if they can get away with using Michael Kopech, not as an emergency spot starter, but as like your stopper, your, your two, even maybe three inning guy and not having to burn, you know, this innings limit that apparently he's on with really any rotation move that they can somehow get away with that this season would be extraordinary because having him as a guy, as much as I'd love to see him in the rotation, uh, to have him as a guy who can just be your spot guy, just killing teams, uh, like your 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 five a your five b your 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 six starter just roaming all over the place, holy cow! Is that going to be shot in the arm to a rotation that you know is is invariably going to flag a little bit? They cannot keep up. You know, again, I'm not on wood that they will keep it up, but they cannot keep up what they're doing. And I mean, that's a that's a nice guy to have in your pocket. We've been talking about Garrett Crochet as sort of like the equal to Kopech. It seems like he's not there. Uh, you know. Still legit factor, but not quite there. Kopech, a guy that you can throw out maybe for a couple innings every two, three games. That's a that's a sweet thing to have. Yeah, I will say that the Twins broadcast today for a good inning, or the inning that Kopech threw, they were really pining for the Sox to trade Kopech. <laughs> um, saying they need to really trade him because what what good, what good is he in the bullpen? Yeah. Uh, they have too many good starters. I'm just like, eh, I, don't, I don't think that's the way to go. But, you know, you, you guys can think that. Maybe that's why you guys are. Where you are. Exactly. So that's not how it works at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you got to do is open the media guide and, rem- and and look and see, oh, yeah, Jerry Reinsworth's the owner. Uh, yeah. Michael Gopek's in the rotation next year. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's nice to dream on Lance Lynn uh, and Carlos Rodon being in the bull- uh, being in the rotation next year. But but that's another podcast. That's a podcast for the future. I guess this one's got to wind down. We've had some incredible representation and uh, some second timers. Love it. You know, come on. Super Joseph Reese's his old half for him. When he's not selling socks math, he's on a Southside Sox podcast. So, hey, come on. Thanks for joining, Joe. Joe but, you know, there's no there's no novelty there. Uh, Tommy Barbie, thank you for, for hopping on. And the second timers, Tyrone Palmer, Jeremy Carl. Thanks for being part of this. Uh, thanks for chipping in some good thoughts. And again, sleeper agents giving us the insight from the Twins broadcast, as painful as it is to hear, and Tyrone, from the ballpark. We had a ton of Southside Sox representation at the park. Uh, that was nice to see. I'm guessing that's going to be happening very frequently, and there's going to be photos flying all over the place of everybody meeting each other and, 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 and you know, whatever, getting a little taste together, whatever it is. Uh, but uh, thanks for the, I guess we didn't get much of the ballpark report, but thanks for being there, representing Southside Sox uh, uh, by proxy. I can't be there. Tommy can't be there. Super Joseph gets there sometimes. Jeremy Carl, did you? Th- that game got canceled, right? Jeremy, you're you're. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, like you were there for an hour, two and a half innings. They delay. didn't know yeah. you drove eight hours to see the goddamn game. I know. That's what I was saying. That ain't right. Like just just play it. Just do it. That ain't right. Uh, well, thanks guys. Thanks everybody. Always as always for listening. Hey, it's fifty podcasts. That's ridiculous. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Of course, always for reading. Sometimes even watching. Uh, we'll be back. I'm sure. Just in a matter of a few days because they're gonna just keep rolling. You heard it. I predicted nine game streak. So uh, we'll probably be hopping on after Detroit to just chuckle about the Bengals and laugh at them a little bit and laugh at what the broadcaster said and, and uh, talk about how great Jake Berger's first weekend in the major leagues was. Uh, but we will be back probably in just a few days. And hopefully these guys will all join me too. Uh, thanks everybody for, uh, for hopping on. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back with more Southside Sox podcasts real soon. <laughs>